Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are going to talk about the Twilight Zone Season 2, Episode 2. It's called The Man in the Ball. So, full spoilers for the episode as always. This episode's about a, a couple who own an antique shop who, you know, take stuff in for money and sell stuff and they're they're up to their, their, their eyeballs in debt, they're struggling to pay their bills and they're they're offered this uh, this this, uh, this vase from this old woman who is desperate for money herself and is an act of kindness the the man kind of like gives her a dollar for it even though it's not really worth anything and uh, sends her on her way but of course when this this bottle is knocked over it is uh, revealed a genie and they get four wishes and that's the episode I won't say you know the rest of it's we'll get into uh, Tara. Did you enjoy The Man in the Bottle? Yes, I did. Yeah, I, I like this one. I actually remembered watching it once uh, once it got started. Not that it's, you know, a story that you haven't heard before, Genie in a Bottle, but I thought it was pretty good. I, I liked um, I liked the writing in it a lot. I liked the, the leading to, well, the two people who own the shop, the husband and wife duel, I thought they were really great. Yeah, um, Arthur and Edna are the characters' names. And what's funny is that I was like, you know, that's Edna. That's actress who's playing her. I'm like, I recognize mm-hmm. her. And yeah. I, I was trying to think about it, and I, I looked her up. And do you know what I know her from, funnily enough? I know her from a previous episode of The Twilight Zone that we did in season one. Which one was she in? She was in The Fever. <laughs> <laughs> she was the wife in The Fever. Uh, <laughs> oh. So. I see. Which is which was also about money in a weird way. So that's twice bit, yeah. that's twice now we've had an actor come back and they've kind of thematically had the same kind of thing in their, their second episode as their first episode. Right. Same with the oh, uh, uh, not what was his name? Oh, I'm not gonna remember his name, but I can tell you he was in the the two robot episodes. Right. The one of the jurors from Twelve Angry Men. Yes. <laughs> uh. Yes. Yeah, so. You know, so that was the thing. But, you know, I thought it was okay as well. I, I didn't think it was like a great episode, but I thought there was enough fun stuff in there. The couple's nice enough. Um, I think it does a really smart job at the start of actually making us like them. Like, you know, because it'd be very easy to do this and make them these greedy people who are kind of sniveling or whatever. But they go out of their way to make it. No, no, he is a nice man. He he gives this mm-hmm. woman a dollar, even though he's struggling himself. And he, sh- he doesn't have to, but he does it anyway. Yeah, and you want them to have some, some good fortune come along because they're really struggling and... They're still helping out their neighbor. Yeah, well, hell, after their, the, well, not their first wish, sorry, their second wish, when they wish for a million dollars, like the next, the very next scene of them is them handing out wads of cash to mm-hmm. all of all the people who live in their street. And I'm like, they care about everyone in the street. They're giving everyone money. They're like, here, here's, here's, yeah. here's five grand to you, five grand to you. Everyone, you know, <laughs> pay off some debts. <laughs> you know, it's like, even once they actually make some wishes, they're not like overly greedy with it. Sure, they're happy. They're they're you know understandably happy and rolling around in the money. Um, although I do I do have one question. If 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 you know if you a genie popped out right and forget the possible consequences or the you know the monkey's paw type situation that's going to arise, like surely you would just go to a much higher number, right? Like. You know, why would you just say one million? Like you could say ten million, fifty million, a billion. 
I guess. I mean, they're they're dirt poor, so maybe a million sounds like the most amount of money they can have. I mean, Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I'll buy that in, you know, 1960, maybe the concept of a billion dollars wasn't as commonly thought of because... But oh, sure, 999 it, million was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know, tens of millions, at least I have to imagine, people, you know, thought about. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's that joke from the first Austin Powers, right? When Dr. Evil comes out of, you know, hibernation or whatever. And he's like, "This, you know, we'll we'll hold the world ransom for one million dollars," and everyone's like, "One million? That's it." <laughs> <laughs> so that's not as much as it used to be, uh, Doctor Evely. <laughs> Why bump the figure up a bit? Um, <laughs> Ten million? Uh, he so, was from the sixties, also. He was. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I did not expect to make a an Austin Powers reference. <laughs> coming out of this review but here we are uh so Tisa happens it's so, not my bag baby <laughs> it's been oh, a long time i don't remember a lot what, of austin powers quotes what was that and no i'm not doing any fat bastard lines that that character is offensive to my people i will not have it <sighs> yeah it wasn't my favorite character anyway mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean between that and shrek mike myers really was a bit of a a detriment to the Scottish people. I'm not going to lie. But how is his accent? Pretty good. Um, it's a bit cartoony. I no, no pun intended. I'm not just a joke as Shrek, but like, you know, it's it's kind of like you know Scotty from Star Trek. Like he's doing a sort of Scottish thing, but it's not a real Scottish voice. It's a animated mm-hmm. Scottish voice. Okay. You know, like if I'm doing a Scotty impression, I don't just say. Oh, she can't take it, Captain, and my accent, the way I'd say it, I have to go, she can't take it, Captain! You know, I need to put on the <laughs> the extra pizzazz. Well, that's how they say it in the future. Scots <laughs> will sound different. All right, okay, that's your, that's your head cannon. <laughs> the post-World War Three, Scotty. <laughs> so, you know, so we see the husband do this nice thing, and then his wife's mad at him because they're struggling to pay bills, uh, and then they knock over the bottle, the genie appears, and, but, you know, like... This genie is like so like maniacally laughing every time he finishes a sentence that I wouldn't trust I wouldn't trust yeah, making a wish. Less of a genie and more of like Mephistopheles or something. He's he's like a mad con man who just gets off on people actually taking the bait. This is Yeah. Uh but he says he got four wishes, which is an interesting number. Uh, it's not usually four, usually three in my experience. Usually. Yeah, I mean, I say in my experience, I mean, genies and other TV show episodes and movies, not. In this real one's life. a very generous genie. Apparently, um, I wonder if it's because they always use the first one to test the wishes. So it's like, no, we'll give them four, so they get three proper wishes, but the first one's just always a little test. <laughs> yeah. Which it is, they, 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 because I actually did notice the broken glass on the uh, display case, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, he's like, there's a lot going on in the set, so it's easy to miss, I think. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that uh, there was just one of the shots when he was he was at the counter, he was leaning on it. I just noticed it was like broken at the bottom of the frame. Uh, and once again, Rod Selling was in the, the set at the start of the episode. Uh, he kind because of, I argued with you last episode <laughs> if he was there at the start <laughs> or not. And I don't know if we checked during the review or if you did it afterwards, but you did check and you proved me wrong. <laughs> I couldn't remember him doing it. That's I how, think it was after. Yeah. Yeah, that's how well it was integrated. But he, once again, he showed up on set uh, to sort of give his intro in front of the actors, and. They knock over the ball, the genie comes out, they, they wish for the, the broken glass to be fixed, and it, you know, magically fixes itself, you know, goes back to being solid. And it's like, oh, okay, this is real. And 
you know, Arthur gets a little bit excited. He starts thinking, oh, money, we could, we could, you know, we could wish for money. Yeah, uh, but his wife is really hesitant. Like, she's more concerned about, like, this is not fair. Like, this is, people don't just get something for free. Hmm. It's, yeah, unholy, I think she says. Yeah, this is not godly or something like that, she said. Uh, mm. And... But, you know, he's determined. He's like, oh, let's get some money. You know, how we could get $10,000. And I'm like, 10000 Up it. Up the figure, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but sure enough. You have he, a blank check. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, he says, ten, he says $1 million And, you know, he even says, what denomination would you like? He's like, oh, and fives and tens. I want $1 million in million fives and tens uh, right here on the floor. So they start pouring in from the ceiling. I've got to be honest here. I mean, maybe it's deceiving. I didn't think that looked enough fives and tens to be a million. You know, once it all landed. I have no idea what a million dollars looks like. And fives <laughs> and tens. I mean, a million's a big number if you're just going to go up in fives and tens. That's true. Like, if you're going up in... Let's just say it's tens, which... And it's not. It's, uh, half of it's fives, apparently. But let's just say it's tens. That's that's a hundred thousand ten dollar bills. I don't know if that looks like a hundred thousand ten dollar bills. I don't think so. <laughs> and it's not really a complaint. It's just more of a, a, a an amusing observation than it is a. I don't really care. If it was, yeah. If it was just one dollar bills, it would have filled up the whole room. Oh sure, absolutely. <laughs> it'd, it'd be literally a million of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, but now he's rolling about their money. They're both so excited. But to your, to their credit, this is the thing. Like the very next scene is them handing money out to all of their mm-hmm. neighbors and all the people they know around them that are struggling and have debt. And the funny thing is, is that even though they kind of don't get to keep any money by the end of it, they actually all all the neighbors who got the money did get to keep theirs. Like they all mm-hmm. had their happy day. They all had their little you know five grand like. And takes. Yeah, they didn't get to keep theirs because the tax man comes around. It's like, oh, I see you have a million dollars that you didn't claim. Yeah, and it, <laughs> I know it's just for the purpose of what the episode is doing. But if I have any yeah. critiques about the plot of this episode, it's all about the tax man. Because first of all, <laughs> I know they're exaggerating for the sake of the the dark joke almost. But so they get a million dollars and they end up having to pay nine hundred odd thousand <laughs> in taxes. No. <laughs> just no yeah. doesn't this happen to like lottery winners or people who go on oprah's favorite three things and get like a free car all of a sudden they have to pay a lot more money than they thought probably more than they thought but not not 90 percent taxes are not 90 percent no no at least in most civilized places anyway taxes are not 90 percent and maybe um mr sterling had some uh some recent run-ins with oh, the tax man or with the government. <laughs> so he's like making them look really bad. But that's yeah. the lesser of my two problems, actually. The other problem I have with it is, um, how does he, how did the, the IRS know that they'd come into a million dollars? And, or, or more... Sp- we travels fast, I guess. And more specifically, money. all I could think about was, okay, just get more money, but don't tell everyone and advertise it and give out wads of cash. Keep it secret. Because it's not like... I guess I kind of just assumed it was the, the genie who set it up because there's always sure. a, a caveat for a wish so if you wish for money he also brings the tax man that's true yeah it was probably the genie did it but i'm just i'm thinking about in the context if it wasn't like one how did they know secondly <laughs> wouldn't they ask questions like where did this come did from, from? <laughs> <laughs> a million dollars just appeared and made, you know like you, usually that's true. although we don't see that very often in these kinds of stories with the the wishes when people wish for money no one ever asks 
where did it come from? Like, don't you have to put that in a bank? Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to ask where it came from? Um. <laughs> but no, just, just to go back to that point, though, like, typically to be taxed, income tax, it has to, you know, be income. Therefore, there's a trail of where it came from. And if there's no trail from where it came from, then realistically, you can't really be taxed for it. It just exists. Well, I guess. But if you have a million dollars in unclaimed money just in your account, like, aren't they going to know? <laughs> I mean... If you put, I mean, yeah, if you, I think the bank flags it and it's big enough. So if you walk into a bank and just put a million dollars in, but if, <laughs> if you, if you go in, I don't know what the numbers are, but I think it's something like if it's like under five grand or 10 grand, it's, it doesn't, it's not big enough to raise any eyebrows. It's like, you know, yeah. a conceivable amount that someone might put in. Um, or just lock it in a trunk somewhere in the woods and hope that no one finds it. <laughs> I'd put it in multiple places. I wouldn't put it all in one, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> I'd have like five or ten hiding places all split, all divvied up. And then draw a treasure map and install a bunch of booby traps. <laughs> just, uh, just, you know, just, just go to the bank every day and put in a couple hundred. And, you know, eventually, <laughs> eventually it'll all be in there. <laughs> no one was yeah. Or I, just pay ca- cash for everything for the rest of your life. I love how we're basically having a conversation of how to hide a million dollars from the IRS. That's, that's essentially what this boils down to. Um, hey, the episode puts it in your head. Yeah, but I, I mean, yeah, realistically though, if it does, if if you magically got money, like you couldn't explain where it came from, so you wouldn't tell anyone about it anyway. You just kind of hide it and use it in secret, right? Yeah, unless you're really generous neighbors, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd, I might still do that to people I care about, but I'd be like, on the hush-hush, right? No one tell anyone anything. Just, here's some cash. Um, go buy yourself something pretty. <laughs> and slap them in the cheek a wee bit. <laughs> Basically, you know... Except for Connor, right? No, I'll just slap him. No money for him. Just just a slap. Uh, uh, <laughs> Um, so so that was that was that was obviously the second wish. That was the big thing. Um, the episode ad break ends with uh, the IRS man kind of looking back in as they're counting their money. Because uh, because at first, somebody walks in and says, "Oh, you need to pay some taxes." They're like, "Oh, that's fine, just bill us." Like he's like, "Yeah, whatever." You know what was it? Twenty percent, thirty percent taxes. Yeah, we can afford <laughs> it. Um, but we come back after the ad break and they've put all the money in a box he's been counting it which I can't even imagine how long it would count take to count that money that's in fives and tens up to 900 plus thousand but they've got it in a box and it's like okay this covers the taxis which leaves five dollars <laughs> literally five dollars <laughs> for us <laughs> hey it came out on top yes um, so Judy comes back and it's like, oh, we shouldn't have any more wishes, blah, blah, blah. But he's like, no, 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 like, because the wife is dead against it, but the husband's like, no, no, no. Arthur's like, no, we, I can think of something. Not money, not money, because you'll trick us again. No, no, no. I'll tell you what I want. I want power. And he kind of is like, maybe, maybe I could be the, you know, the, the head of a corporation or something. And the genie starts suggesting things. Maybe the mayor of a city. And he's like, no, I want to be the ruler of a country. And... What's funny is that by the time he gets to the end of explaining this, and like, because he gets really specific, he's like, no, I want to be the ruler of a foreign country where I can't be uh, voted out of office, and you know, whatever. And the wife eventually is like, yeah, yeah, vote for that, vote for that, Arthur. She's going along with it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, this is going to 
and there was one weird part where he said limited to the century and i was like why not present day that's not like say right now like <laughs> <laughs> say right now uh but sure enough, he gets the wish, and this is, I mean, this is the closest thing the episode has to a twist, is what, what the, uh, the, sort of the caveat is for this one, is that it makes him Hitler. He, you know, we, we cut to him in a bunker, right at the end of the war, right before Hitler's going to commit suicide, and he's got the moustache and everything, and he's got the outfit on, and I'm like, yeah, this, this fills all the cat. Yeah, yep, he's a ruler who can't be yeah. taken out of office. <laughs> it's a foreign country. Yeah, it was a bit silly, but I liked it too. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this episode, is, I think, is kind of like a fluffy episode. And it's got a couple of fun moments. It's got some fun characters. It's not one mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about, I think, at the end of the season, going, oh, that was a great episode. They brought up all these great ideas and got us thinking yeah, about things. <laughs> but um, all of it, I'd get us thinking about how to evade the IRS, I suppose. I mean, that's something. Uh, <laughs> but that's not what we think about when we're usually talking about uh, Twilight Zone giving us, you know, ideas and making us think. Right. So... He uses his fourth wish to wish to go back to normal and go back to his wife uh, and go back to his shop. And the episode's moral is basically quite simple. It's, it's, it's once again appreciating what you've got and, you know, not not hoping for, you know... I mean, obviously hope for better, sure, but, um, you know, there's no quick magical fixes. You have to kind of work through it. and Because, uh, you know, at the end, they, they kind of hug each other. Yeah, this place is pretty good. It's looking quite nice all of a sudden. Yeah, it's still a happy ending, which I thought was a bit of a surprise. Because normally when you have wishes that come with, you know, consequences, it ends in, like, horrible death or something. <laughs> For most films or stories that you hear about that. Hey, but the- this one is, like, a, a nice happy note at the end like oh, we well, already have everything we need well let's look at this look at this let's count the things they're up they're up in two ways one they have a newfound appreciation for their, their life and how it is and how they can work through it right they're generally happier mm-hmm. at the end because they appreciate it now and two they're up four dollars <laughs> right <laughs> because he, he gave the old woman for a dollar for for the for the uh, the vase or the the jar and he got five at the end of that all that box of money so they're up four dollars Hey, a dollar per wish. <laughs> He's up four dollars, so he made a profit in that that thing after all, despite the wife's yeah, protests. That's enough to give their life a new paint job. <laughs> As they put it, yes. Uh, we don't want a new life, we just want to give this one a paint job, is what they say at the end. I like it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's a sweet enough ending, and uh, it's a pleasant enough episode to watch. Uh, moves, moves, moves on quickly enough, doesn't feel like it drags, and uh, yeah. So I can't complain too much. Um, it's better than the first episode because we had a lot of complaints about that first one. I was really down on the premiere of the season. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> the, pl- the plane in the desert. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plane, desert, got it. Yeah, that one was okay. <laughs> Mediocre. It was another recreation of the, of the pilot episode. Yes, yes. But that and- was good. I don't think this is a recreation of another episode, but certainly the genie isn't that unlike a lot of the characters that represent death or represent, you know, I'm thinking a nice place to visit. Like, he wasn't a genie per se, but he was kind of doing the same sort of thing. Yeah. Or uh, the chaser. Mm. Yeah. Guy has everything you need. The caveats. Yep. It's always a caveat. Mm. Yep. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that, is, that has been the man in the bottle. Obviously, Rod Serling at the end uh, tells us about next week. And he's actually, 
not in the set in this one, although it is green screened behind them. Although I say green screened, it was probably rear projection at the time because it's nineteen sixty. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's like a bird's eye view of this uh, hotel room, and there's a guy in it, and uh, he tells us about this crook. Uh, in this hotel room and that's basically it there's a crook in a hotel room so there's going to be a bottle episode which uh, no pun intended uh, but a lot of the uh, episodes of Twilight Zone often are because it's just people talking in a room but that's okay because that's you know that's where the writing comes in uh, but it's called Nervous Man in a $4 Room here is the description in IMDb small time criminal Jackie Rhodes must face both his past and his conscience while waiting for his next assignment so okay we'll see We'll see how that works out. Um, I remember the title for this one. I don't remember what, it, what you know what it was though. I just remember the title kind of sticking out at me. Oh, well, maybe I'll come back when you're watching it. This one kind of did for me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Honestly, I had a weird feeling of deja vu. I actually never mentioned this, but at the Hitler reveal, I actually did have this weird moment of like, oh, this is kind of clicking, ringing a bell here. Like I'm kind of mm. feeling like I've seen this before, and I have. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, for, I mean that was that was a pretty unique reveal. Yeah, for for the record, um, like I I originally years and years ago, so I, like I say, I barely remember most of the episodes, but I did watch season one and two. So when we get to season three, I have seen nothing from that point on. It'll all be completely new to me. But uh, mm-hmm. there'll be the occasional memory coming up here or there. There's, there's a few notable episodes that I remember quite well, and then there's a lot that I don't. So right, uh, I've never watched through the seasons like this before, but I've. They used to do marathons on TV for the Twilight Zone all the time. I mean, admittedly, they would be more like the well-known episodes, but I think I've seen quite a few of them. Uh, so we'll see you next time for Nervous Man Four Dollar Room. But this has been the Man in the Bottle. Uh, so let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, ding the bell to make sure you get the notifications on YouTube. You can support the show and everything we do, uh, of course, by rating the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars, helps more people find us, uh, grows our audience, that kind of thing. Uh, you can also support us financially. Tara, how can people do that? You can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. Uh, donations as low as a dollar per month will get you bonus features. Um, we do not necessarily outtakes, but tangents <laughs> get cut now and put on the Patreon page. Um, you'll get bonus episodes of other shows that we do, like The Ace, The Atomic Cinema Experiment. If you like sci-fi, we review old sci-fi films and new ones. So check it out. And new ones, yeah. Uh yeah, uh, for for the record, the tangents that get cut out uh, are, are when they're over a certain length. If it's a quick little thirty second thing, it'll just stay in. But sometimes, yeah. sometimes, I mean, I literally just was editing an episode of the Atomic Cinema Experiment today, um, mm-hmm. and there was a twelve minute discussion. Um, what was it about? Oh God, I can't remember now. But there was a twelve minute discussion about some <laughs> subject that was just like we kind of went into it uh, away from the movie and just Is talked it about currency. No, we did do that, but that wasn't a, a a a bonus bit as we call them that goes on Patreon. But there was one later on. Uh, oh, that's going to bug me now. But anyway, uh, but thank you very much, <laughs> Tony. <laughs> you are in a mood tonight. All right, thank you very much, guys, for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV in the Twilight Zone. <laughs>